Hey, my name is Anthony O'Connell. I'm a man with a high voice and a podcast. We do a feast or pass, rate it one to feast, great dining experiences, and more. But Sean Penn is such a down dude that he's just like, comes and gets a plate like everybody else. He doesn't want to be treated, you know, too special or anything like that. And he comes so, um, I'm like going through the line, like putting stuff on my plate at the same time Sean Penn is. So now when it comes to me with the chicken, I'm like, I'm like a white meat guy. Like I love a, like a good breast and wing situation. And uh, so we get to the, the chicken trough, so to speak. And uh, and, and, and uh, Sean Penn and I kind of end up there at the same time and there's one breast left. And Master Metcalf is an actor, comedian, and friend. We talk pizza, Frozen, Chicago, New York, Sean Penn and Nasser in The Last Piece of Chicken, Unpopular Food Opinion, Nasser Doesn't Like Eggs, Melba's in Harlem, Mike Tyson Stories, Bernie Mac sent shrimp back because it wasn't deveined, Nasser had glass in his food, Upper Feast and Healthy Feasting. You're from Chicago and you lived in New York, so you're a big pizza guy. Yes. But what about like a frozen pizza from the grocery store? Super casual, super chill, just frozen pizza. I've, 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 I've had, had one not too long ago, actually. So I can do that. Not my first choice of pizza. If I, if I have a first choice of pizza, the Rolls Royce, the Maybach of pizza for me is Chicago deep dish, okay. you know, um, stuff with like spinach and mushrooms or something like that. It's like, if you, if, and you have to, honestly, you have to have it in Chicago. I feel like coming piping out straight out the oven and have it right there to really fully get it. Like there's a place in Chicago called Giordano's that I, I grew up on. And so whenever I'm back home, I would uh, uh, get what they call a half-baked. And uh, it's like the, the pizza's not, it's, 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 it's form, but it's not cooked all the way, you know? And it's cool, but it, it, it'll satisfy like, you know, if you have a craving for deep dish pizza in New York, that's about as best as it gets. But it's still not quite the same as like being there getting a pie that comes straight out the oven and that. So I'm definitely, when it comes to that New York versus uh, Chicago pizza debate, I'm definitely more Chicago. That's that's just me. And I've had plenty of both to, to have an informed opinion. But with the store-bought, you know who has a really good one? Uh, Trader Joe's. I love uh, Trader Joe's, bro. I'm a yeah. super fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they have some good store-bought pizzas over there, man. So um, I've definitely uh, in, been able to enjoy some of that. So you know what I was wondering about New York pizza? and Because I've been out of the city for about a year now. I moved back to Columbus, Ohio. And right. New York pizza is obviously amazing. It is super, super good. But I wonder if part of the appeal of why people say New York has the best pizza is because it's readily available. Yeah, there's been countless times I've been on the go. I, I got to be somewhere, but I'm starving. You know, I got to get something to take off the edge. A New York slice is right there available and I'll do it. And it's and it's totally satisfying. And, and, and there's, you know, there's levels to that within within the New York pizza scene. There's levels. I mean, some places are like, you know, you get the cool 99 cent slice. That'll do it for you. But then there's some places where it's like, oh, no, I'll go over here. And like the slices are like really good. Like I have a place in my neighborhood up in Harlem called PM Classics. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a little small little neighborhood place on Amsterdam Avenue between 147th and 146th. And they have some about their sauce. Their sauce is like got this extra like tangy flavor. They make it just like the rest of the other places in New York, which you know, just no 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 real big difference in the formula. But something about their sauce like makes them exceptional. So, you know, I get a slice on the go from them. I'm always very very satisfied with that. That's awesome, man. How do you feel about putting ranch dressing on pizza? Is that a is that a, is that gauche? Is that a no good no good thing? I, I did it in my younger days. So I, I so this is how how deep it goes with pizza with me. And, and when I was in college. Uh, in Atlanta, I used to work at a pizza place in Atlanta. I don't know if they're still around or not. It was called Gumby's Pizza. Like I used to deliver pizzas for them. So while working at Gumby's, I discovered a pizza with mushrooms, 
mm-hmm. and some ranch dressing on the side because we had little salads and so we had little dips and stuff like that so and i would take that slice man and, and fold it in half and dip that little pointy in into that ranch and take a bite of that it was awesome it was awesome nice. at that time so but i haven't really i haven't made it like a thing since then it was like while i was working there and all that stuff was handily available to me then it was like it was great it was great i enjoyed it then but yeah it has a special place in my heart, but it's not something I do regularly. I love how um, you're such a Chicago guy. You got to fold the pizza because I feel like even folding a pizza is kind of a polarizing thing. I personally don't fold. I like to have a smaller bite, yeah. but I feel like you like that thick slice. Pause. <laughs> 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 so you, you, <laughs> you like a deep dish, my man. So you got to fold that shit. I get it. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, you can't really fold deep dish. No, of um, course not. Uh, That's what I'm saying. You, you fold right. a regular slice to make it more to make dish-like. Dish, 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 like, yeah, maybe subconsciously that is what I do. I like to think it's just the convenience of being able to like, you know, just munch on it more quickly and effectively and efficiently. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's like, um, you, you know, I, I, I have this uh, thing like I, I know people who say like bone in or bone out on stuff. You know, I'm more of like a bone out guy because I don't want, I, the less work I have to do to like start chewing and swallowing and eating, the better for me. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, so, so, so with the, I'm, I'm, I'm about efficiency. With my eating, like you know, taking the so when the slice is kind of wide, and you have to, you know, you, you get less in the bite. I feel like when you, when you keep the slice wide. For me, folding it up, you get more of a hearty chunk of, of, that you can bite out of it when you do that. So that's just my, my my little thing. Dude, I'm totally with you. That's why like people love like seafood boils and stuff, and it's delicious. Mm-hmm. I love lobster. I love crab. Mm-hmm. All that, but it's so much work. Mm-hmm. You got to like open everything. You're cracking everything. Your hands right. get messy, which can be fun sometimes. But right. I'd rather just, if the chef could just open it for me and season it and cook it, that would, I think that would be a much better seafood boil. I'm with that, definitely. I love a good seafood boil. So, and especially you don't have to peel all that stuff and everything. Like just, just, just go right on in, just eat. Just eat. Yep. Yeah, let's work as possible. <laughs> so now we do um, one to feast where we just say, it's like a one to five scale, but we say feast for branding. Okay. Taco Bell, just as a restaurant, fast food restaurant, one right. to feast. Oh, definitely feast. Taco Bell, uh, I go way back with them. Uh, I mean, these days, not so much, but when I was in college, um, there was a Taco Bell and a Popeye's chicken, like right next to each other, walking distance from campus. So our entire student body used to just live over there. And <laughs> uh, man, I, I, I saw in the news recently that they discontinued the Mexican pizza at Taco Bell. And man, mm. that broke my heart because that was like my go-to <laughs> dish of it. I mean, not that I, like, like I said, not that I do Taco Bell much these days at all, but it was just nice to know what Mexican pizza was still there and available to me if I ever felt nostalgic. So uh, definitely love some Taco Bell. Absolutely. Hell yeah. What about Chipotle, the fancy Taco Bell? The rich man's Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Highfalutin Taco Bell. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Smoothie Taco Bell. Okay, so um, yeah, no, I like Chipotle. Definitely. Definitely get a good rice bowl over there sometimes, get a good burrito over there sometimes. They're good. The ingredients are fresh. I've always been pretty satisfied with the meal I got from Chipotle. You're an actor, so you know, movies, TV shows, commercials, different right. levels of craft services. Would you say they're always a feast or sometimes it's a one? Like, do you have some fun craft service stories? So I can remember, you know, one film I worked on and it was like, as an artist, you know, you go, you have up periods, you have down periods. It's kind of one of my down periods. So like money was kind of tight. So uh, I was watching my food budget during that time. So, but I was on set and I was, I was like a, a bear storing up for the winter. Like I would, I would just gobble up. The, the food was so good. I mean, desserts, everything was available. I try and, you know, you, but you're trying to like, 
stay, you know, fit and trim for camera. But it's like at the same time, all this good food is available to me. I don't know when I'm going to get food, especially of this quality can. So, uh, yeah, I was like, I was like, like this close to bringing some Tupperware to set, but I didn't want to get kicked off the movie. So. <laughs> but yeah, craft service food can be really good um, depending on, on who does it. You know? <laughs> I would like to think that I would bring Tupperware, but I would probably be too anxious. And I, I feel like you got to act like you've been there before and, you know, you, you you can't do that, but I totally understand the desire to do that. Yeah, and absolutely. And, and, I, and it actually just reminds me of a good uh, craft story, craft services story. So uh, I'm, I'm working, I did some background work on this uh, small film called, Fair, well, I don't want to say small, but kind of went under a lot of people's radar called Fair Game, right? And it starred um, Sean Penn and uh, Naomi Watts. So I go to set one day and they got the craft services out, you know, I'm SAG, so I'm getting there with everybody else. Now, mind you, the stars, the lead actors, they usually have their, their whole own situation set up somewhere. They'll order in for them. They'll do anything for them, right? But the rest of us, you know, we're subject to the same lunch shows. And it was good. It was good, good stuff. But Sean Penn is such a down dude that he's just like, comes and gets a plate like everybody else. He doesn't want to be treated, you know, too special or anything like that. And he comes, so um, I'm like going through the line, like putting stuff on my plate at the same time Sean Penn is. So now when it comes to me with the chicken, I'm like, I'm like a white meat guy. Like I love a, like a good breast and wing situation. And uh, so we get to the the chicken trough, so to speak. And uh, and, and, and uh, Sean Penn and I kind of end up there at the same time and it's one breast left. And, and we kind of both look at each other. We could, Sean Penn and I could both tell that we both wanted that breast. <laughs> he's looking at me and I'm looking at him and I'm looking at him like, you're Sean Penn, you're the lead of the film. I'm a damn background actor, you know, I, I got to give you first right of refusal on this, on this chicken breast. But he was like, no, you, you, you go ahead and have it. I, I, I'm, you know, like, are you sure? <laughs> He's like, yeah, you go. He's like, I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, dude, you're, you're Sean Penn. They'll give you anything you want over here. So me, you know, I got to take what I can get. So I'm going to get out of here. That's incredible. I love that he's a man of the people. Like he's just so down to earth and yeah. chill. Like that's a really Yeah, my experience story. with him was really cool. So. And plus, you know, that was very nice on his part, but also like you said, he could get anything he wanted. So it's like, bro, you're Sean right, Penn. You can get right, it. Right, right, let me get this they'll order a whole Popeye's uh, 10 piece for you if you want. So, hey, just wanted to say thank you so much for listening so far. If you're liking it, please subscribe, tell a friend. If you're loving it, please give us a five star review. Nasser, do you have any unpopular food opinions? Yes, I think I do. I cannot do eggs. And and I've always been like this. My mother told me, yeah, ever since you were a baby, like I try to like scramble some eggs and feed, you know, you feed a baby and she's like, you spit it all out. You would never, like never once ingest it. It wasn't even like you were being finicky. Like you just don't have a, I don't know. I don't know if it's like as far as being allergic because I can eat stuff with egg in it, you know, uh, with mm -hmm. egg content. I can even go so far, I've even gone so far as to eat egg foo young from a Chinese restaurant, which is, primarily egg but they the way they cook it they change the com the, the the composition of it so drastically that it's not quite as eggy as stuff but like say scrambled eggs sunny side up over easy with an omelet any of that kind of stuff cheesy egg on a biscuit I no I thanks do it. i can't do it it would, it, would, it would make me literally make me sick yeah okay. yeah I mean, I mean the smell of it gets to me a little bit too much and the thing is i have egg envy like I see people, <laughs> I see people, yeah, I see people with, with 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 egg dishes, man, scrambles and stuff, and 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 omelets and stuff, and it'll have all these other things that I like in it. 
So I'm like, oh man, I wish that would be so cool. That'd be so quick and easy and convenient. If I could eat those, mm -hmm. if I, you know, throw that smoked Norwegian salmon and that cream cheese and those chives and all that stuff and mix all that stuff. And I could, you know, I love all that stuff like on a bagel, you know? So mm -hmm. if, if, if I was able to eat eggs and I could throw it in a scramble, or, you know, you make a, a, an omelet with like some cheddar and some spinach and mushrooms or something like that. And stuff. you know, I love all that stuff together, you know, but I, I would have to make it like say a quesadilla, you know, I would have to put yeah. all this stuff in like two, flour tortillas and quesadillas something like that i can't have it in the ama so and it sucks too because like i understand the egg envy because eggs are so cheap and affordable right, and healthy like right. high protein low you go to you stay in a hotel and they have like the complimentary breakfast downstairs or whatever like that you know and and eggs are always like a major part of the uh, of the equation uh and and, and then mm -hmm. so so i'm always at a breakfast disadvantage because of the pork thing and the egg thing because there's always some sausages always some bacon and rarely is and i love mm -hmm. like turkey sausage turkey bacon all that kind of stuff but rarely do they have that at these like you know hotels every now and then depending on on the level but um yeah it can be it can be a challenge your egg thing shocked me i was gonna tell you my buddy i have a friend this i think this is very horrible opinion food opinion he thinks macaroni and cheese tastes the best if you add ketchup and salsa and i think that's inappropriate mm. I, maybe salsa but i think ketchup is, is not it's inappropriate yeah yeah i mean but ketchup and salsa are kind of like cousins like a little bit so i can i can see it i don't know that i would be into it so much but i can i can see it you know what i mean i i, I, don't, I don't i don't i don't find it offensive as much but but i don't <laughs> think it'd be anything i would i would be into I, I, and i you know and i make a good mac and cheese i made mac and cheese uh, for family uh, on Thanksgiving, and I made a you know decent sized tray, and it flew. I mean, everybody just loved nice. it. I, so for when when Christmas came along, I had to make it again, and I went to make like a bigger tray, and I had enough ingredients left over where I made like a big tray and that small tray, and that just flew as well. So everybody was like into my mac and cheese. So I, I, I love a good mac and cheese. With your mac and cheese, do you put breadcrumbs? I feel like that's a hot topic. Nah, I'm not a breadcrumb guy. Uh, it's all about the cheese, the cheese ratio, the cheese to, to noodle ratio for me, and how you build your casserole. I put a lot of love into it. That's my main ingredient. <laughs> nice. And um, <laughs> you know, sprinkle it with a little paprika on top to give it the color. And do you bake it after you're done, or you just kind of mix it on the stove and then that's that? No, no, no. I bake, I bake a mac and, mac and cheese like casserole. Nice. I love those little crunchy little bits, exactly, little brown bits and exactly. stuff. That's, that's what delicious. I go for. I try and leave it in long enough <laughs> to get some of that. So that sounds mm -hmm. delicious. And that leads me to my next question. What do you think makes a really great dining experience? Definitely hands down the food. You could have all the other bells and whistles, but if the food is trash, then it, it's, it's really going to compromise the dining experience. So it starts with the food. You have to have the food first. And, and if food is good, then, you know, you can maybe have a little wiggle room on some of the other elements that make a good dining experience. But I definitely think, you know, the main emphasis has to be on the food being good. After that, yeah, absolutely service. You know, you get those two, those are the fundamentals. Those are the basics. You get those two together, you know, you can pretty much, you know, then the, it's like, okay, the, the core is nice. Okay, cool. And uh, I, But I think one, one thing that really makes for a great dining experience is, is the company, like who you dine oh, with. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? But if you're able to dine with somebody who you really, you know, dig their company, uh, then that's great. Even if it's yourself, I, I think I'm the best company that I can possibly have. I, I eat alone in a minute, you know, and, uh, and I enjoy my You're probably cracking jokes to yourself. Exactly. <laughs> Roasting the waiter. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man, I agree. Because I feel like company and vibes and ambiance yeah. can make up for bad food. Okay. Because I feel like if I'm, like, for example, if you and I were to go to dinner and the food sucked and it's kind of a dumpy place, I feel like we'd have such a fun time that it, it would kind of transcend the bad you food You and I experience. would, Absolutely. 
Yeah, absolutely. But but I feel like it's so funny. Like if, if any one of those things that we talked about, food, vibes, ambiance, company, if any one of those things is so good, I feel like it's kind of a win and a great dining experience. Do you have a great, do you have an example of a great dining experience? When um, there's a place in Harlem that I really enjoy going to, it's called Melba's. So Mel, so there's a legendary soul food restaurant in Harlem called Sylvia's that's been around for a long time. Everybody knows Sylvia's. They have products on the mm-hmm. shelves and supermarkets now, everything like that. So Sylvia's is, 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 is great. So Melba used to work for Sylvia. We used to work at Sylvia's and kind of learned, you know, kind of her restaurant business, the down-home approach, that everything that made Sylvia so legendary. Melba kind of was a protege of Sylvia in a way, and Melba knows her food too. So Melba opened up her own place a few years back in Harlem, and I love going there, especially on a Tuesday night when they have the live music. So the, 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 they've had various acts provide the live music, and it's a small little place. So they just have a little small corner, and the acts have to, you know, make do. So, you know, you have some really talented people who make do with this little place because it's like you, you don't have a lot of bells and whistles to put on some show that to show to you know kind of camouflage if you don't have a lot of talent so it's like really talented people there and it was started off by my sister Shelby J who um you know is who uh, wound up working with Prince and who introduced me to Prince and how I wound up working with Prince before any of that happened before she ever met Prince she was doing um Tuesday nights at Melba's so I can recall a, a Tuesday night at Melba's when Shelby was performing and it's like they had this catfish you need to get a catfish meal but you need these catfish fingers as an appetizer man it's, mm. it's it's delightful I mean I get that and then like so it's like soul food kind of slash comfort food and so uh I, I would love to get that as an appetizer and then get like a smothered chicken with like mm. mac and cheese and collard greens I mean and then it's just all cooked to perfection I mean the food is so good the vibe is so warm Melba herself is there and she's so friendly and comes around so personable uh it just really makes you feel like you're not almost not out at a restaurant like you're just at somebody's home who's you know providing you a great meal and I can recall like on one Tuesday night I went there and then uh, Mike Tyson showed up and uh, so um, and and, uh, and so you know I go I kind of go back with Mike a little bit you know but we hadn't seen each other yet so he didn't really recognize me at first but um we had some friends in common back in the day when he used to come to Chicago. And so, uh, you know, Mike's sitting there for a while and then after, like, he's sitting literally like right next to me. And then eventually um, I got a chance to strike up some conversation with him, remind him who I was. And he was like, oh, wow, yeah. You know, and so now, you know, Mike and I are hanging out and I'm having this great meal in this great place. So that's definitely um, one of my uh, one of my favorite dining experiences over in Melba's. How did you spark it up? Because I feel like even though you have a past with him, he's such an intimidating figure. Right. But like, he was so he was so like, chill. He was so laid back. He was so cool. Once I was in kind of position sitting next to him, we were enjoying the show so much. Everybody was having such a good time, ha ha ha, with the show and like you know, kind of breaking the ice with with that. And so then eventually it got to the point where I said, "Hey, Liz, Mike, do me a favor. Think back to early on in your career when you used to come to Chicago and used to help." Father Clements uh, raised the money to rebuild his church. So that was our mutual friend, uh, passed away last year. May he rest in peace. Uh, Father George Clements is um, a beautiful soul. He was a, he was a priest in Chicago. He's a very good friend of my family. He was actually the priest. Sorry for I your appreciate last name. that. Thank you. He was the priest who actually married Mike and Robin Givens when they got married. You know, and I was I was supposed to be there when they got when they got married. Father Clements had invited me, but no, I didn't know that Mike was going to. Uh, get married. He was just like, hey man, Mike is coming by the rectory later if you want to come by, you know, cool, cool, cool. I was like, all right, bet. And, but what happened was, uh, unfortunately, I hadn't done my chores 
<laughs> I was a teenager at the oh, time. Man. I hadn't, I had to like mop the house or something like that. Dude. And uh, so my dad was like, no, you didn't do your chores yet, man. You can't go anywhere. I mean, the call came last minute and wow. I planned it. I'd have been like, yeah, let me get my chores done so I could be out. But I was like, oh, I'm waiting till it's like a Sunday night. And I was like, yeah, I'll wait till Sunday night and I'll get all that stuff done before the, you know, before Monday or whatever. So I got the whole weekend to do my chores. And um, man, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then so, so I didn't get a chance to go. I didn't know it was going to be so historical. But um, so anyway, so I reminded wow. Mike of that. And uh, I was like, yeah, it was this kid who used to be around during that time, you know, and, uh, you know, his friends with Father Clemens. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, that was you? I was like, yeah. He was like, oh, wow, man, how you doing? You know, so we just started talking. And then uh, so we hung out like the whole night and it was great. And Melba was great. And Shelby, everybody, we had a wonderful time. So did that really inspire you back when you first like saw him do his thing? Like, because I know you're such a big fan of right. boxing, like. How did that affect you? Oh, it made me not go into it. <laughs> okay, so, so it, it, I mean, and I can like- I'm, You're like, I'm gonna be punched by right, that guy, right. not into So, okay, so, so, so then that leads me to the very first time I met Mike, right? I started boxing, I was about maybe 15 years old, right? And, um, which is kind of late to get into it. Like for guys who really make a career out of it, most of them start much early, like single digit age. I mean, Muhammad Ali started at age 12 and that was considered late. So to give you some perspective on that. So for me to start at 15, I was enjoying it and it was cool. And I was considering if it was something that I may want to really take seriously. So Father Clemens introduced me to Mike Tyson for the first time and uh, he couldn't have been nicer. When Father Clemens introduces me to Mike, I guess he kind of told him a little bit about me and everything like that. He was like, oh yeah, so I hear you fighting now, you know? I was like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, I'm doing my thing, I'm enjoying it. And he shook my hand, he was sitting down, I was standing up. Father Clemens brought me over to him while he was sitting at the table and he was like kind of sizing me up a little bit, right? And I was like, oh shit. And he was like, well, um, how much do you weigh? And at the time I was like, no, I'm about 175. And he was like, okay, how old are you? I was like, I'm about 16, and I was, I'm 16, and I was like before my 17th birthday. And, and then as soon as I said I was 16, and I was at the, he was looking at my height, I was already like maybe 6'2", and uh, he was like, oh shit. And then, he, then he, <laughs> he cursed in front of the priest, he cursed in front of the priest, so he was like, oh, I'm sorry, you know. He was like, <laughs> so we all had a good laugh about that. And then as he was laughing, he just shook my head. When I shook his hand, I looked at the size of his hand, and then I looked at the forearm uh -huh. that it was attached to and the bicep that it was attached to and the shoulders and the head. And then I just kind of really took in the physical specimen that was Mike Tyson at that time, especially, you know, and yeah. uh, I'm young, prime Mike, you know, and I, and I, and I saw what he did. I've seen his fights. I know what he could do to people. I saw how he wielded that, that, that machine that was his body. And I knew uh -huh. right then and there, I didn't want it that bad. I just was like, mm. I, 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 I like acting. <laughs> I can act like a boss. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, and you're super funny, man. So I'm glad you chose the comedy path yeah, instead. Cause you're really funny and people need to laugh. And I think that's I great. I appreciate so. that, man. Like, yeah, I, 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 I <laughs> probably have a couple extra brain cells that I otherwise wouldn't have. And I've gone down that road with him, but, uh, you know, absolutely. That, 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 yeah. Back in your stand up days, whenever you would go on the road or something, did you have, do you have any fun like on the road food stories? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely it was always a thing. Eating on the road is always a thing, but um, I know you wanted like a, a, you're asking about Bernie. So. so. <laughs> Not so subtle, I guess. <laughs> Not so much. Not so much. Uh, so, um, you know, but so I wasn't actually on the road with Bernie, but so, but I was, was so a lot of my standup days were, uh, so Bernie was like my big brother. You know, uh, we met before like all his success happened. And in Chicago, we used to run around and do 
uh, a lot of the comedy rooms that were local that would let us on stage. And he would pick me up in his little Ford Escort. He'd have a six pack of Miller Genuine Draft in the back. That was our beer at the time. And, uh, you know, we crack a couple cold ones and drive around the city hitting comedy rooms and, um, and, and working on our, our material, you know, so it's cool. Uh, but then his success started happening. And so I was doing my comedy thing around the same time I was actually also in school. I was in college. I was born to Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia. And so Bernie started making a name for himself and started traveling and doing shows on the road. He was no longer just a local Chicago comic. He was getting known. He was getting national exposure, right? So he would come to Atlanta from time to time to do shows. So one time Bernie comes to Atlanta and uh, we would always get together and hang out. And uh, there's a, a, a little mall in Atlanta called Underground Atlanta. And it's literally like, you know, sub-level. There was a restaurant, there was a like a restaurant kind of bar called Fat Tuesdays, and they had all the different flavored uh, frozen drinks and everything like that, like 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 New Orleans. Um, so it's named Fat Tuesdays after Fat Tuesdays, you know, the day before Mardi Gras. So we went to Fat Tuesdays to eat. And excuse me, we went to Fat Tuesdays to get some drinks, but we wanted to eat first. So there was a Hooters next door to the Fat Tuesdays. So we go to eat at the Hooters first. We ordered some like a like like some shrimp, like a, it was like a shrimp cocktail, like a you know chill shrimp cocktail kind of deal and they bought the shrimp mm -hmm. and the shrimp hadn't been deveined yeah and, and bernie sent him back and so but bernie being bernie he was like he took the shrimp he was like hey man we can't eat this i was like what do you mean he was like eh, look at this and he pointed he took a, a knife and pulled the vein out of one of the shrimp he was like that's doodle <laughs> <laughs> we can't eat doodle said, you're right, we're not going to eat no doo-doo. No, we don't eat no doo-doo, no. So he sent the shrimp back and when the waitress came to get it, he was like, yeah, no, we, we can't eat this. That's doo-doo. That's, that's doo-doo that's right there. We can't, no, you have to take this back. We, we don't we don't want this. It's doo-doo. And so she was Doo-doo, that's such a funny way to call it. I know, right? It's so, so underused uh, these days, I think, you know, after age seven. That sounds horrible. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and it is, it is doo-doo. I mean, he's not wrong. The man no, is not he's wrong. absolutely right. You know, so I, 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 I have to clean my shrimp. Do you have an example of a horrible dining experience? Because that sounds pretty brutal. Like, do you have a worse dining experience story? I went to this place, I was uh, hanging out with a couple of my guys, and it was this one place that stays open 24 hours. I don't want to name the place because it's actually a pretty good place. I've had plenty of good dining experiences there, so I don't want to shame this place. But it was like this all-night kind of uh, diner kind of restaurant, you know, had pretty good quality mm -hmm. food there. And we and it was open late, so we were coming from like a party or an event or something like that, and it was late. And we stopped there to get some food on the way home. And uh, I'm in there, and uh, I ordered a turkey burger. And... Um, Turkey burger comes and everything's out. We're all talking, having a good time. It's on its way to being a great dining experience, right? And I'm uh, yeah. biting into the turkey burger and it's tasty. You know, I'm enjoying It's a tasty burger, you know. <laughs> Shout out, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> so, um, so I'm, I'm biting and then I take another bite eventually and I, and I, and I feel something kind of hard in the, in, the, in the next bite I take. And I, thankfully, I, I detected it in my taste. And so I'm like trying to determine what it is. And eventually I sifted through the meat and, and got the object, you know, and I pulled it out and it was a piece of glass. Uh, somehow a piece of glass, like a broken bottle type of piece of glass ended up in my burger. My and so that could have been catastrophic. Mm -hmm. You know, thankfully, I discovered it when I did. I mean, had I ate that, had I, you know, ingested that, had that gotten into my mm -hmm. system, I mean, yeah, we might not be here right now having this conversation. Was the server, like, apologetic? Like, were they overly apologetic? Like, that sounds really Not brutal. like he should have been. That was what, and I kind of had to get a little bit like, 
dude, like he was like, oh, okay. So uh, what you um, you want another one or you want? I was like, <laughs> no, dude. I was like, I'm not paying for that one. <laughs> I don't want another one. That's fair. Like, bro, like I'm I'm traumatized. I'm thinking about what could potentially happen to me. You know, had I and not detected right. it, had I eaten it. So. Um, he was like, okay, well, I'm going to talk to the manager to see if maybe he'd take it off. Hey, talk to him. Like, this is not a, this, this is not a question. This is not a yeah, baby. This is not a <laughs> debate here as to whether or not I'm paying for this. Like, I'm not paying for that food. Like, it's a piece of glass in the bird. So, uh, okay. Crazy, I mean, I had to kind of, like, let him know. I was they, they weren't as apologetic. I mean, I've had other stuff happen in another restaurant. I was at another restaurant one time, and um, there was a piece of uh, plastic, like, like, like the packaging or whatever sounded kind of got in the meat that's something something about burger meat. you gotta be careful with that um and i brought that to their attention that wasn't nearly as lethal as a piece of glass would have been uh but i brought it right. to their attention and they were like oh my god i'm so sorry this and that they comped it they gave you know a round of drinks on the house you know they did the, they did the right thing that's yeah, what they should yeah, do yeah so um you know gave me a new one uh plastic free <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and it was cool so i object to these objects in your food all right <laughs> don't objectify me <laughs> There you go. So Nasser, um, I asked you everything I wanted to ask you, but if there's anything food related or feast related that you want to talk about before we get out of here, now's your time to share. Oh man. Um, I don't know. I don't have any, so much in mind. Okay. So what about like, if you want to eat healthy, right. But you want to really have a good meal at the same time, you know, whether it's vegetarian, vegan options, whether it's like, you know, some other, form of, of, of like a good food that's like because we all like to indulge from time to time eat the stuff that we just enjoy you know we talked about a lot of right. those moments here burgers and pizza and stuff like that but you know I try to you know kind of watch how frequently I eat that type of stuff these days so when trying to eat healthy like in your food journey doing this have you come across any like really good like kind of help as far as content goes i don't really have any interest in making content of healthy food it's just kind of off brand but just as a person yeah. i eat healthy food a lot and actually funny should we should bring this up is i actually just received a direct message the other day where some guy blamed me for america's obesity he said your page is the reason why <laughs> americans are fat and then he like went on he literally sent me like three paragraphs he was like my dad died of a heart attack when he's 40 yada 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 just give me this whole guilt trip and I'm thinking, you don't have to follow me, first of all. And I take zero responsibility right. for that because also like with my page, I post junk food, only junk food, but there's pages that post like 10,000 calorie dinner and mm -hmm. like super crazy things right. like that. I feel like I'm more of like a cheat meal kind of guy and, and you do have to balance yeah. it out. Like you don't have to, you can just be fat as shit right, as you want. Right. But like, if you would like to be healthier and balance it out, I think that's fair. But for me, when I eat healthy, I like to do this really it, maybe I'm overcompensating for my cheesy lifestyle, mm -hmm. but I just chop up broccoli, kale, jalapenos, put a little bit of garlic and olive oil and just bake it and then eat like a kale, broccoli, jalapeno, all the greens. Yeah. Just eat that. That actually sounds really good. It doesn't look good. Yeah, man. I would never take a picture of it, but it's delicious. Right. But the, the, the jalapenos, I think, really sent it over the top because I'm a spicy guy. I love I love a good spicy meal. So uh, it's, it's kale, broccoli, jalapenos. And, and what do you season it yep. with? I do salt, pepper, olive oil, and then I do a couple garlic cloves. Mm. Yeah, super simple. Sounds super simple, but actually packed with flavor. All right. So yeah, yeah. dude, and it's yeah, super totally. healthy. You get a great doo-doo. <laughs> That's doo-doo. Take that back. That's doo-doo. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Well, Nasser, yeah. thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast. I greatly appreciate it. And I really hope that we can stay oh, in touch. Yeah. And I, I wish you the best, man. Yeah, you know what? Likewise, uh, I, I, I'm um, so proud of you, Anthony. Uh, this is amazing what you're doing, man. I, I, I saw you start this journey and uh, I've seen what you've put the work in to grow it into. And, um, and, and, and it's super cool, man. Uh, and I expect, you know, bigger and better things from you moving forward. I know you're going to just keep pushing forward. And uh, uh, I can't wait to just witness the journey, man. So yeah, we will definitely absolutely, you know, we're going to be in touch, man. You, thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. Have a great rest hey, of the day, buddy. Man. You as well, my man. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Remember to tell a friend, subscribe. And if you haven't, please leave us a five-star review. Thank you.